Welcome to episode number 63, A World Between, Intermittent or Temporary Mental Illness. I am your host, Damon Soka, and today we are going to talk about a more common form of mental illness, one that is temporary. Now, somewhere between a defined mental illness, needing therapy and long-term treatment in whatever might be considered normal human emotions, lies a really vague void in the world of mental illness. Nobody really likes to talk about this mental and emotional landscape. Well, because it's large, very ambiguous, and difficult to define. When does a bad couple of weeks or months turn into something that you have to address with a doctor? When does a bad mood become a temporary mental illness or even something more permanent? What do you do when it really isn't a major mental illness, but it's enough to cause family problems, relationship issues, changes in behavior? How do you deal with what might be termed a more temporary mental illness, where long-term medication and treatment might not be needed, but issues are rising to the surface and problems need to be addressed? Temporary, temporary mental illness is far more common than most people think. In fact, the likelihood that you will experience it at least once in your life is quite high. The majority of individuals who live to adulthood will experience temporary symptoms of mental illness at least once in their life, if not a few times. Symptoms of mental illness, the temporary kind, are our body's way of coping with high levels of stress, trauma, abuse, accidents, and so forth. The symptoms for short-term mental illness are almost identical or are identical often to long-term mental illness. They may come and go. They may stay for only a time and not show up again for years. They can be actually very deep and poignant. They can be more moderate and longer lasting. There really isn't any predictability as to when temporary mental illness will arise. Sure, you can say things like car accidents, sometimes abuse, trauma to the mind or body, emotional mind or emotional senses, or even simple financial stress, marital stress, work problems can bring forth some form of symptoms. Even pushing the body to exhaustion can cause a collapse of the emotional and mental system. What might trigger an event in your 30s may not have faced you in your 20s. What affects your neighbor and pushes them to depression may not even cause you to break a sweat. And yet the same might be true on your side of the fence. The difficult nature of a more temporary mental illness is that it is truly individual and unpredictable in many, in many senses. For this reason, most individuals never equate their symptoms to a temporary mental illness. Bad mood, not feeling well, just a loss of desire, energy, headaches, body aches, just restlessness, unable to sleep, and many more common symptoms are often passed off as a physical illness, aging, or something else. But rarely does one equate the current stress level in their lives or things that have occurred to a temporary mental illness. Now, we have to speak a little about long-term mental illness and its relationship to temporary. The temporary is often how a long-term illness begins meaning that temporary turns into long-term. But there are no specific reasons as to why or who will be affected. I'm sure that some genetic component does exist, but science is yet really to discover that exact combination. We don't just feel fine one day and then the next day we are diagnosed with major depressive disorder 
or paralyzing anxiety that needs treatment. Mental illness takes time to develop in the body and in the mind, and many times that development is imperceptible and in short-term bursts. Mental illness may take years to fully develop, and the person may not even notice the difference from day to day, week to week, or month to month. Although I doubt anyone compares month to month, I can't really remember what I felt like last week. They might notice a few bad weeks, and then things go seem to go normal for a, for a while, only to return to those bad weeks again. Now, a few bad weeks are generally easy to rationalize, and if one returns to normal, they can be forgotten until they occur, occur again. However, those bad weeks can turn into something longer-lasting and far more difficult, particularly if the person is not listening to the signs the body is giving. So just because the symptoms appear temporary and maybe even environmentally caused doesn't mean that larger problems aren't looming just under the tepid seas. Temporary can become long-term, and imperceptible issues can emerge like a sunrise and then blossom into full-blown illness. It is important to notice reoccurring symptoms, especially if they appear progressive. This is also true for teenagers and early 20-somethings, as this is when long-term mental illness is most likely to occur and start in one's life. One doesn't need to rush to a doctor if they show up, these symptoms show up, but observation is critical, and generally, it's going to be advised to have someone else do the observation, because ultimately, we are terrible at self-observation. There exists a real difficulty in our world with short-term mental illness. Our society really doesn't recognize it. In fact, the world has a tendency to ignore it and place it under the category of, it's short-term, not much you can do about it, take a pill. If it's a teenager, it's just hormones, school pressures, peer pressures, relationship issues. If it's 20-somethings, it's, it's just college or life and relationship issues, career decisions, difficult ones, marriage concerns, and those starting life stressful moments that's causing it. Interestingly enough, these temporary, when I mean temporary, they could last more than a couple of years, more moderate to mild forms of depression and anxiety can cause serious relationship issues. Parental, child, communication breakdowns, acting out, behavioral problems, work problems, and a host of spiritual out negative spiritual outcomes. Now, I hope that you sat up and took notice. Many of our life issues, not all of them, of course, but many can be traced back to mild forms, mild to moderate forms of mental illness, caused by external and sometimes internal pressures and forces. These more moderate forms can cause us to lose focus on important life issues, critical spiritual concerns, and over time find ourselves lost in the world, chasing what I term internal chemistry, rather than developing and maturing towards salvation and exaltation. Now, what do I mean by chasing the internal chemistry? When you begin to feel those stuck-in-a-rut feelings, saying things like, I really don't know what I want, I'm really not happy, I'm doing what I should be doing, but I don't feel any passion towards it, you could possibly or might possibly begin to chase those internal drugs, that adrenaline kick, the excitement for life drug, the excitement to love what you are doing. Now, before you get too far, I'm not saying that chasing dreams and loving what you are doing is a bad thing. In fact, for the most part, they can be defining moments in one's life. 
Unfortunately, if the problem were, is related more to mental illness chemistry, chasing this internal drug dream may only buy you time rather than solve the issue and become a defining moment in your life. Often those who are suffering will find that it makes things great for a time and then far worse. You begin to cycle between chasing the chemistry and the chemistry chasing you. In today's world, one does not have to look far to see what happens when a number of unhappy people start chasing the internal drug. I'm not suggesting that all the world's problems have to do with a short-term mental illness. What I'm saying is that chasing the drug of excitement, worldly goods, affirmation of performance, prestige, and power, and of course, maybe the TikTok stardom, in any number of temporarily worldly affirming choices, will send you down a road from which very few have returned unscathed. The world does a wonderful job of marketing this product of worldly internal drug as the answer to your stuck-in-the-rut problem. But the reality, of course, is that the world's marketing is fantastic, but its product is terrible. You will feel that excitement for a time, but then those same feelings, negative feelings, will return, and so you have to increase the dose of internal medicine and chase longer and work harder and possess more of the world's rewards. Sure, the drug will return, but now you're in an addictive cycle that doesn't end happily or with your original spiritual life intact. So how do you even know if your issue is a mental illness or just some other problem? The key to the answer is to eliminate the physical chemistry issues in the body, such as viruses and glands that aren't working correctly, meaning you're going to have to see a doctor. And then also so do some internal introspection about what other forces might be causing or stresses might be causing your problem. As I've said previously, many physical chemistry issues actually can mimic depression and other mental illnesses. And those do need to be ruled out as sources of the problem first. Even if the issue is not a physical problem, such as a lack of sleep or low thyroid numbers, a virus like mono, it can be stress that has entered your life, a recent life change, or some other outward environmental issue is pressing upon you. The most wonderful thing, though, about a temporary depression or anxiety or mental illness is that it can often be fixed with some life adjustments to those pressure points causing the problem. This means that identifying the source of the issue is the first part, and sometimes the easier part of the two-part problem. Uh, the second, more difficult part is then making those long-term, good habit-forming changes that allow the issue to resolve itself. How do you go about finding this source of the problem? There are a variety of ways to examine your life for those root causes. And actually, we have a tendency to do it quite naturally. Although we also have the same tendency to settle on the wrong cause, which is often the easiest cause for us. For the most part, we have a blind spot for the difficult issues in our life that we need to change or difficult past events that might be triggering our current emotional state. The answer to why? It's fairly easy. They're difficult and often require long-term effort and change. So we look for quick, easier changes. Although generally these quick, easy changes lead to far more frustration than relief because nothing changes emotionally. If we have habits that do need changing and are easy to do, then of course you should change those. But easy answers 
are rarely caused mental illness symptoms? My answer is that you're going to need help to find the root source of the problem and then formulate a plan to address the body's and mind's needs. What you may find is that not one issue, but a compounding of issues is actually causing the symptoms. For instance, if you would be a college student, not only are you having relationship concerns, but you're having financial stress and concerns about your career. If your symptoms have lasted for a period of time, at least a couple of months, and you can remember that, then you should begin with a medical doctor. If you can state that you have felt the way you do for at least a couple of months, I can tell you that it has likely that that feeling has likely been going on for much longer under the surface. Our minds and bodies do not like the negative emotional states, and so we have a tendency to deny them and push them aside for as long as we can without recognizing them. Now the doctor's going to run some tests to make sure that your body chemistry is functioning normally. Understand that modern medicine can only test for some of the myriad of chemical reactions that occur in the body. And much of the brain's chemistry is normally not on the agenda. Your doctor is going to test for those things that directly relate to your mental and emotional state based on the chemistry problems they know to be causes, as well as some other possible routine testing. Now, if something falls outside of the normal, such as a gland is not working properly, it's important to correct that physical problem first. Although, do not become frustrated if this doesn't resolve the entire temporary mental illness altogether. Now, while you're working things through the physical aspect with the doctor, there are some other options you can begin to review in your life. The first thing, some of the questions you should begin asking are, are you eating a reasonably healthy diet? Now, I'm not asking if you're eating tofu and rice cakes. What I am asking is, are you eating daily and regularly from the basic food groups? so that you're getting all of the vitamins and minerals and nourishment that you need. The doctor is also likely to ask this. If you are living on energy drinks and sugary snacks, you probably do need to change a few things. Now, are you exercising? I'm not talking here about preparing for a marathon. This means walking, running if you're willing, playing sports of some kind, generally some kind of minimal or even moderate daily aerobic exercise. Are you getting some sunlight every day? Now, I know this has been kind of an emphasis in the medical world for a while as vitamin D and energy. Now, the reason I'm asking is that a mental illness disorder exists that is actually directly related to the amount of sunlight that you're getting. The disorder is appropriately or perhaps inappropriately called SAD or seasonal affective disorder. People with this disorder have a tendency to be depressed during, obviously, the darker winter seasons. Beyond these things, are you generally living a healthy lifestyle? If so, then you can probably rule out the lifestyle and healthiness thing. You should also consider spiritual concerns in your efforts. While it is not always the cause, sometimes depression can be caused by sin or simply by taking the wrong spiritual path. Normally, however, this is going to require a series of sins and often major sins rather than simply... I forgot to read my scriptures two days last week. Now, I always hesitate to mention this one, the spiritual concern, because I always had a tendency to key on it when I was in my depressed states of my bipolar, meaning I took to heart the idea that wickedness never was happiness. It is important to understand that the corollary to that statement is not always true, meaning that wickedness does lead to unhappiness, 
but not all unhappiness is caused by wickedness. Understand that the Lord is merciful. He knows that you're still learning. And while you may not have reached perfection, if you are honestly trying, then your answer should be, I am good. I am good in my spiritual efforts. Don't let this one cause you to get into the same place I was in, that I need to do more service and be more exhaustion cycle. Remember what the Lord reminded Peter when washing his feet during the Last Supper. Washing Peter's feet was sufficient for the Lord. Peter didn't need his whole body washed. We have a tendency to think that what we do is never enough for the Lord spiritually. That is not true. We can do sufficient without driving ourselves to exhaustion on a regular basis. If you are doing this, driving yourself to exhaustion on a regular basis, then this might actually be part of your mental illness problems. Understand when it is enough for the Lord. If you're good in the spiritual area, which for the most part I'm guessing that you probably are, then there's one more area of major concern to discuss. It's rather large and expansive, so I'm not going to be able to discuss it all or even close to a part of it. But often it is where most temporary mental illness drivers lie. It comes in various categories. Abuse, traumatic events, social peer pressures, work pressures, stresses of all kinds, financial, marriage, even church peer pressures, and so many more. We live in a confusing, often unkind, selfish world where people are not concerned with how they are affecting another's life. If you look at just one of the categories I mentioned above, you're going to find a host of subcategories that cause temporary mental illness on a regular basis. Now, when I said abuse, you might have thought of the big three, emotional, physical, and sexual. And they are important, but we often don't define what they mean in a real sense. For instance, a school or work bully, a boss who is bully, can actually fall under the emotional and physical abuse. However, bullies are often easier to see when they are large, present, and demanding, such as a work or school bully. But bullies can be as subtle as a social group unwilling to allow others to participate, excluding people. Social media consistently showing what a body type is acceptable and supposed to be when you don't have that body type. Or perhaps others who have more money showing that they have it and you don't in subtle ways. It can mean demeaning spouses who don't directly say mean things, but are consistently negative about what you do, with an occasional sorry and some flowers. Now I could go on. Again, this area of concern is large. But what you are looking for are those individuals or groups or events that are negatively impacting your life. Now this could include groups with which you have no affiliation but who influence you through society and church in many ways. What you're looking for is that which is causing negative pressure upon you. Now, often negative pressure causes anxiety as a contributing factor. If you get sick thinking about going to school, a church activity, seeing a particular person, a social group, ex-relationships, a political party, moments in time when something very negative has occurred, and so forth, then you have probably hit upon at least one of the things that is causing your mental illness. Even then, you are likely to have to drill down even further to specifics, persons, moments, or reoccur moments in time to really get at the true cause. Now, I know that I've discussed these root causes as if you're doing a self-examination, 
understand that you're going to need help. You're going to need an outside look from friends, from family, and most likely from a counselor. Don't look at this process as something you can do by yourself. We simply don't do self-examination well as people. Now, I have only really discussed kind of the physical problems and trying to find a solution to this temporary mental illness. Temporary mental illness brings with it a host of spiritual consequences that are important to note. All of the spiritual concerns I have discussed throughout all of my podcasts will occur in a temporary mental illness. Things that will occur are the lack of clear spiritual direction, difficulty hearing the spirit, feeling depressed in places you shouldn't, like church meetings, temples, and so forth, no desire for spiritual learning or nourishment, the feeling as though you have lost your testimony, which you really haven't, but it has been covered by this illness, loss of spiritual connection, emotional connection, and tangibly, relationships including spouse, children, and family that once caused you great joy may change, and you may not feel much like being around those people. Your spiritual life is going to suffer when mental illness strikes it blows. Strikes its blows. Now remember that it is unlikely to come upon you that one day you just don't ever want to go to church again. Even temporary mental illness is going to develop slowly enough that it is not often perceptible as mental illness until it is a significant problem. Understand that when you begin to feel the feelings I just discussed spiritually, and your mental state is mimicking mental illness symptoms, that your spiritual concerns are not about your behavior or your standing with the Lord. They are far more likely to be about the illness and the root causes of that illness. Even if you can look back a few months and see your activity and desire for spiritual things diminishing, it still may not be that your spiritual life is causing this mental illness. It's problematic, but that the illness has taken hold slowly. You with your counselors and others are going to have to make this decision on your own. And remember that Lucifer is going to tell you that it's your standing that is the problem. If you have symptoms of depression and haven't committed major sins or gone down the road of major sins, then mental illness is likely not going to be the answer in this case for your spiritual life. It is important to remember that in this case also that your mind doesn't understand what is happening when a mental illness clicks. So when a spiritual so when a mental illness happens, your mind, even though it shows signs of stress, doesn't get it. All of the things that used to bring you joy and happiness bring a different set of emotions or sometimes lack thereof. That disconnect between what your mind thinks it should be feeling and what it is is what creates those ugly symptoms and feelings of depression and anxiety. It can and is bewildering, disconcerting, and because we cannot step back and see ourselves from a distance, you may not likely even understand what's happening. This drives what I discussed previously about the internal worldly drug addiction. You might begin to use adrenaline and other drugs in your body to compensate for that happiness you once had. Now, those drugs are most often driven by worldly pleasures and rewards the ones that I discussed earlier in this podcast. So you can see how very easy it is to step away from the church and go on seeking happiness by worldly addiction. Again, the problem is that worldly pleasures are always temporary, and the marketing is always far better than the product. 
I understand how difficult it is to stick with consistent patterns of spiritual development when you no longer find any happiness or even minimal spiritual nourishment. At least that's how you feel. When you desire to have the same affection for your spouse but can't seem to find it anywhere. When you reach out to heaven and heaven appears as brass. Simply, you can't, well, spiritually, you can't see clearly. You can't hear plainly. You can't feel peaceably. And you wonder why. Why have I done all this spiritual work throughout my life to end up here? Is any of it true anymore? Why does it matter if I feel this way? It is easy to just quit, and yet that's actually the worst thing you can do. When you quit and give up the spiritual fight, then spiritual matters that were dim are going to become dark. Testimony that was once pretty solid is going to start to feel very sandy. Heavenly guidance that might have been limited is going to turn to non-existent. You've walked out from under the protection of the Lord, and by so doing have subjected yourself to even far worse difficulties and problems. The only one thing that people can do in the midst of turbulent spiritual waters and this temporary mental illness is to hold on to what you have. Continue the consistent patterns of spirituality, even if you don't think they're making a difference, and then begin the process of understanding the root cause of the illness. If you do this, you place yourself in the best possible position to work through the temporary and back to the normal. Now may the Lord bless you in your efforts, and as always, keep up the fight so that the Lord can do his part. We'll talk to you next week.